Step into the world of advertising with FjorgeCast, predicting the most important trends in the advertising industry. Host Tim Barsness dishes on the latest developments within the advertising realm. Tune into the FjorgeCast to receive insider tips and advice from experts within the advertising industry. FjorgeCast is your first stop in hearing about the unique opportunities and challenges advertisers face today. Cranberry Radio is proud to present FjorgeCast with your host, Tim Barsness. Thanks for joining us on FjorgeCast. I'm Tim Barsness, founder of web and mobile development team Fjorge. And today on our show, we will be talking with Humphrey Ho about the largest digital agency in China, Hilink. Welcome to the show, Humphrey. Hi, Tim. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about Highlink? Sure. So Highlink is uh, 23 years old this year, the largest uh, and independent digital advertising agency from China. So we were founded in 1994 uh, in Beijing, China. I'm currently sitting out of our sunny Los Angeles office, which is our international headquarters. Um, This was put into place in 2016. Uh, We've got 15 offices in China, approximately 2,300 employees. And uh, we are proud of the work that we do to push the digital space, the digital advertising industry in China, um, as well as helping you know, global clients come into China better and help Chinese clients who are uh, landing in different spots all over the world with their quality products um, do better advertising. Very cool. And what's your role at Highlink? So I'm the managing director um, for North America. What that means is I have the uh, luxury of sitting in our beautiful and sunny Los Angeles office. Uh, planning for the globalization of the company or the internationalization of the company. Great. Very cool. Um, So let's talk a little bit about Humphrey. Um, How did you get into the advertising space? So I I ended up all by accident, I would say. I dropped out of med school. I took an MBA because I figured that that was something I actually wanted to do. I wanted to get into business. And after I sold my startup, um, after my MBA, my first startup, I decided that I would retire. And well, I love cars, so I actually went to a tire manufacturer, which right quick in a few months got bought out by a a Chinese state-owned corporation. That's how I ended up in China, about eight years ago now. I uh, ended up in China, and I learned everything that there was to do from Chinese business, because when you work at a state-owned enterprise, third-tier city in China, you tend to only do everything in Chinese the Chinese way. I uh, ended up actually moving to Shanghai to really start my advertising career at Wyden Kennedy Shanghai, uh, which was a great learning opportunity because Wyden Kennedy, credit to them, does the best work and pushes you to do the best work of your life there. Um, and so that's how I ended up in advertising, and um, I've loved it ever since. And now you're in charge of the globalization of Highlink. Um, I'm, I'm curious, what did it feel like when you, when you took on that role? Well, this was an opportunity of a lifetime. There is nobody at this point in the advertising space, of course, I'm speaking about, that has globalized a Chinese advertising agency. I mean, there's, there's been attempts to buy companies, classic sort of network agency model, uh, or there's been attempts to start domestic a new brand in new countries and compete domestically. But you know, truly going global requires both the infrastructure that Highlink has developed over the last 23 years with 2,300 employees across 15 offices, all digitally minded folks, and folks that understand the local market You know, in the US, now in the UK, in Hong Kong, in South Korea, so that we can better help our clients both ways, coming into China, getting out of China, 
compete better in their local in their in their new local market. And so this was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. And I think I'm very honored to be tasked with helping internationalizing um, China's first advertising agency to go international. You said something interesting um, before we were recording that um, your job is not to come in and, and take domestic accounts from, a, um, I guess, a, a group outside of, of China. Um, how would you describe what you're trying to do? Yes. So we follow a win-win model, as a lot of Chinese companies will sort of tell you that's what they do. How do we win-win? So we don't want to come to the U.S. So when I first came here, a lot of the thinking was, okay, you're going to come here and compete. That's not true. Let me put it in perspective. If I came to the U.S. to compete in an advertising market that was growing by a few percentage points a year, basically it would be, um, imagine Captain Kirk and uh, Spock knife fighting to the death um, on Vulcan <laughs> at one time. Um, in China, the digital market is growing by 40 to 50% a year and sometimes doubling depending on which sort of category you're looking at, mobile, for example. So why would I need to compete locally? Um, in the U.S., it would be futile um, for me to do that. And so our, our model has been one where, okay, we know China really well. Obviously, we compete in China with global agencies, with local agencies, et cetera. So we are going to help our clients compete better against that space. And obviously, clients come out to pitch all the time. So we will compete against other agencies that are looking to win their China business. We're also obviously competing against uh, advertising agencies who are looking to bring their Chinese clients global, of course. However, domestically in each market, we actually don't take business from other people. In fact, that would not be productive because our job creation plan and our economic plan here to create revenue and tax dollars actually is through hiring people where they're actually adding value to the industry. We're no longer taking people from other advertising agencies only to have them win that account again. Or rather, growing the pot of advertising dollars that are coming onshore to the United States, which are Chinese brands. And we're also growing the pot of advertising dollars going into China from global brands. In my case, specifically, more so American brands. Got it. Very cool. Um, I'm curious, when you're helping a company enter into China, um, is there a correlation between the message that the, a company uses um, elsewhere in the world um, and the message that they might either start with in China or use long-term in China? So that's a good question. I'm going to caveat that first by saying every single brand that we help enter China has been in China. The, the old adage goes, if you want to go to China, you're probably there or you're a little late. So we've, we've only been helping brands that have been in China for a while, for a bit, and most importantly, they have yet to get their consumer marketing positioning or their targeting down to a science like a lot of very sophisticated marketers in FMCG or automotive, et cetera. So I'm going to caveat that for a minute. Um, in terms of American clients who are moving into uh, Chinese marketing and Chinese advertising, a lot of times it depends on what you're trying to sell. If you're trying to sell something that's lifestyle-oriented that can make your lifestyle better, I can tell you one thing. The American dream is alive and well in China. So the ability to drive you know, two, three, ten cars, to have two children now, uh, and to consume like the middle class here consumes is the dream of you know, the rising Chinese middle class. And so I feel that if you're selling a product that helps you become more middle class and upper middle class and helps you get there, that dream is definitely something to sell. Most brands end up using a very similar brand uh, ethos when they enter China. It's just that the execution tactics completely change. Got it. 
Um, so it sounds like um, China maybe isn't a fit for all brands. Is that the case? That depends. I think China is a fit for all brands, global brands entering China. So long as they find you know, sort of three things, I think you got to do your homework. First, you have to find the right distribution channel. Right? There's always talk about growth versus the volume distributor that you have, that you use. It could now just be a digital platform like Tmall or Taobao or any of the e-commerce shops. You no longer need traditional, but sometimes you do. So it depends on what you're trying to sell. You know, if you're trying to sell coffee, you probably still need retail stores. Um, secondly, it's all about how you market to the consumer. So it's like every marketer's nightmare, right? You Even if you have to market to the domestic United States, you still need to find a really good advertising agency that understands the channels and understands how to bring the big, big idea to life across these different media channels and mediums and celebrities and, and opportunities to put their brand in front of people and to calculate the performance. And the third thing I think that any brand before they go to China uh, must first understand the market. And I, I always tell this to my clients on their onboarding. Great, you've been to Shanghai, you've been to Beijing, and some have ventured as far as Guangzhou or Chengdu, which are major cities. You know, they pet a panda bear and they've seen how beautiful the, the skyline of Shanghai is. Okay, now it's time for you to go to Suzhou, to Shenyang, to Qingdao, to Shenzhen, and to the second and third and fourth tier cities because, well, just like a marketer here, you have to understand your audience. Absolutely need to understand your audience. I'm curious, um, how much of that understanding the market or understanding your audience um, is feasible, feasibly done by the client versus how much um, is done by Highlink? So actually, because we're a digital agency, there's no longer that need to do these really long-term consumer studies that only study maybe a few thousand or a few hundred people. With the advent of digital, from the armchair of Connecticut or from D.C. or from Chicago and San Francisco, I'm able to run data on, okay, this is how your user consumes. This is what they consume in the millions of users or hundreds of millions of users. This is the total pot of people that you have. And that allows the marketer that we talk to here in the United States to make near real-time decisions on what they should be saying, should be doing, or how they should be spending their money in market. Absolutely. That's a great point. Uh, we need to take a break, but when we come back, we will be getting some more detailed digital advertising advice from Humphrey. Don't go away. George Cast with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. 
Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjordCast, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjordCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Humphrey Ho of digital advertising agency Highlink. Humphrey, I'm curious, um, what is it about Highlink that, that makes you guys so effective? Well, we are a, I think the first thing that makes us very unique and very effective is that we have the largest execution network in the country. So we have 2,300 employees. A lot of people who are in the United States or in Europe that know China, they may be a group of people here. They may be a couple dozen people here, but they have no endpoint in China. Or they're not family, if you will. So the second point is independence. So besides having a big network, that's lovely and all, but the problem is then what if that office doesn't pick up the phone because all they want to do is cross-charge you or all the income goes to them and they take all the service fee. We're an independent agency at the core. You know, my founder, who I report to, always says, always cracks a joke. He says, well, the only thing you have to worry about is my wallet. And so when when there's only that kind of independent spirit of an independent advertising agency, we're capable of engaging the Shanghai team for media buy, as much as we're able to engage a team in Beijing for e-commerce, as much as we're able to get folks that know the client that might be based in Shenzhen to come together as a virtual team to get the job done, to get the work done, because our client here in the United States really is looking to us to do several things. The third thing, which is that we are time zone convenient. At the most, I'm three hours slower than most of my clients in the East Coast. With the starting up of our New York office, I'll be zero hours um, from most of my clients. They want us to help them make faster decisions because you know they have marketers in the market. They have trade marketers. They have consumer marketing marketers. They have e-commerce directors in market. But the, the new trend of China, the new normal of this new economy is that a lot of marketers are holding back their marketing dollars back at global. Global could be in Cincinnati, could be in you know, Connecticut, it could be in Chicago, New York, D.C., San Francisco. And so they're looking to us to help them make these decisions across the ocean. And so the third thing that we are offering our clients is they can talk to us every day pretty much from when they wake up to their end of their regular workday. And we can provide them with the advice that they would be getting locally in market. And that's, I think, a unique advantage of what we have on top of our execution power in China. Very interesting. Um, you mentioned that uh, the LA office opened in 2016. You said you have a New York office coming. What else is on the horizon? Yeah, so we opened our office here in January of 16. We're opening our New York office at the end of this year. And so look forward to that. Um, and in March of this year, we also opened up our London office. So we do have an office in London, UK, and there's a few folks that are getting their sea legs ready up there. And what that office is going to do is more or less the same of what we do here. Again, no point competing in the domestic UK or European market because it is a market that has a limited amount of growth in digital or mobile. What they're trying to do is bring brands and headquartered marketers in Paris, in London, in Germany, in Italy, 
to better make decisions in real time for the Chinese consumer market. Are you seeing a lot of um, global travel within your agency or are you kind of handing things back and forth? That's a good question. I, I would say that almost every employee that's come here after they've completed their first year, they've been to China at least once. Some have been to China four or five times and they've never even left, you know, Cabo's the, the furthest place they've been before that. Um, this is because we need them also to be a step ahead of the client sometimes, but more so be able to work with our Chinese teams because Chinese culture is a very face-to-face -face business. And so over time, sometimes it's better for them to work face-to-face. But in terms of actual travel, uh, in terms of budget, in terms of statistics, in terms of just frequency, in fact, we do a lot of things by this one little tool. It's called WeChat. A lot of WeChat conference calls happen here between 5 Pacific, probably about 7 p.m. Pacific when China gets up, and they're on WeChat as well. Absolutely. Um, so I'm curious, uh, how is Highlink unique from other agencies in the States, um, as well as other agencies in China? A good point. Other agencies in the U.S. are not us because they don't have a large independent, so very easy line of sight um, back to China. So if you're a network agency, you know, one of the ones held by the holding groups, yes, you have offices in China. Chances are as an aggregate group, there are 10 times the number of employees that we have in China. However, they're all very separate entities, right? The New York office deals with their own thing. If there's a thing happening in Shanghai, they'll refer the business, but they're actually very two separate entities due to business structure, ownership. It's all sort of like a franchise model, right? For us, we're all owned by the same guy at the top. His name is Su Tong, and he only cares for the growth of the network and the promotion of digital advertising in China. And so I think for us, we've that is our first unique advantage. We have a very large execution arm in China, um, secondly, I think what cannot be said by anybody in the United States and in China is of our leverage. So in China, our digital media buying leverage is second to none. We are the largest media buyer on every single one of the digital platforms you can imagine in China, which gives us a lot of access into their data, a lot of their insights, as well as a lot of uh, cool campaigns and things you can do on their platforms um, as they develop them. And I think that's a unique advantage for our clients here. And the third thing is our collaboration. So a lot of, as I said, we're not the first agency that's you know powered by China or has come from China that's been here. But we want to work with agencies here because you know we don't have the intent on buying them for their revenue. We actually want to collaborate with the best independent agencies in the United States, in London, in Europe, all over the world, because they share a similar mantra. They're able to share business. They're able to not be the world's most precious people about their clients. It's all about getting the job done for their clients because they have these multi-year relationships. And the last thing is multi-year relationships. So most of our clients here, and I can't say much because we've only been here for two years with our clients, but our clients in China have over 10 years of engagement with us, which says a lot for advertising because in the Chinese market, the average lifespan of your client, as a joke goes in our industry, is from Chinese New Year to Chinese New Year, which is about 12 months. Um, so that says a lot about our, our client retention, service, technology, leverage, and ability to service our clients. Interesting. Um, what is your strategy to build relationships, build, uh, build trust with agencies in the U.S. as well as um, other countries outside of China? That's a very good question. The first one is we are actually, so in order to build trust, the first thing we did was we joined Local Planet. 
Local Planet is the largest collection of the largest independent agencies in the world. These are independent agencies, meaning that our ownership structure is there's a there's usually a guy or girl at the top, and she or he is responsible for running that agency. They're sort of the the, the Wyden Kennedys, the RGAs of the world. They are not members, but that's sort of my 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 going back to to my days as an independent. That allows them to see, oh, you're actually collaborative. You're not here in my market, especially for us setting up an office in Los Angeles to compete with us. You know, the local planet member in the United States is Horizon. The local planet member in the UK is Seven Stars. You know, we work with them very consistently through this network to encourage collaboration. And over time, that actually helps our industry understand these folks aren't here to take my business for you know, Sprint, or they're not here to take my, my AT&T business. We, we have no interest in that. But we do have every interest if Sprint or AT&T, which doubtful they'll ever go to China, but if an automotive client or if an entertainment client, or if a probiotics client, or if a travel tourism client ever went to China, we're there to help you because we are the best at what we do in China. And that's the first thing we talk about, which is this sense of we're not here to compete with you. Everything that I think London opens up with, or I open up with, or Hong Kong or Seoul opens up with is, there are people that are there that are legends. Why would we bother competing with you there? It's that you cannot compete as well as we can in China. Can we help you? And most clients are asking for what we call the China solution in a lot of pitches and a lot of new business and a lot of organic growth of their U.S. agencies. Because China, if not their first largest market, is their second largest market. Great point. Uh, we need to take a break. But when we come back, we'll be talking about Highlink's new executive creative director and what that means to them. Don't go away. Fjordcast with Tim Barsness. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program. Located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with Cast only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to Fjordcast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Humphrey Ho of Highlink. Uh, our first story today, a new, a new face at Highlink Digital, uh, covers their new executive creative director hire. 
Humphrey, can you tell us about the ECD hire? Yes. So uh, Leo Zhang is our new ECD in our Shanghai office at HighLink Shanghai. So he joins us from having um, decades plus experience over at BBH, um, Bartle, Bogle, and Hegarty. So he has a, a wealth of experience across automotive, FMCG, um, education, and a variety of other uh, creations and activation. Leo joins our company because of the same belief. So the one thing in China that I want to highlight and take the time to talk about is the one unique advantage of China is that unlike in the United States where media agencies and creative agencies separated in the 80s and they've been desperately trying to find how to be creative and be media driven, in China we never experienced that separation of media, creative, and so as a digital agency we run the gamut of digital content, digital licensing, digital creative, digital media buy, social media, um, and any kind of online event or e-commerce we do all of it because we never had that separation of sort of church and state here. So Leo comes in to help us with that creative horsepower that we need because in China, what we're experiencing now is a lot of clients are going to a one-stop shop. They come in with a creative brief and they say, well, yeah, you have to have really good media execution. Give us your media plan. Or our media clients are coming to us and saying, hey, listen, this is great. You know, For example, Buick, General Motors, we've had them for 13 years in China. And now they're coming to us and saying, hey, how about this? You guys need to come with the leading idea for next year. And so we need someone with Leo's experience to help add to that creative horsepower that supplements and complements our digital know-how across execution and delivery. I'm curious, you mentioned that uh, creative and media never separated in China. Um, I'm curious either why it didn't happen in China or why it did happen in the U.S. Well, for us in China, it was a conglomerate mentality. It all started off with why would you separate the vertical, sort of the vertical chain, right? So you've got people who negotiate the media. Back in the day, it was traditional media, radio, print, etc. Well, then you also needed a person to come up with the things, the beautiful designs on of it. And then you also needed planners to come up with the directions and the concepts. And so they never quite really needed to separate. It was a conglomeration. Like us, they have separate departments that are named differently, but it's all in the same group. A lot of them sit next to each other with different business cards. They don't, and there really wasn't a care as to who's holding whose business card. It was just, we worked for Highlink or we worked for all the other companies in China. In the U.S., it came from client requirement and client specialization. You know, starting in the 80s, most clients started asking for very specific creative concept across very specific mediums. And so you had people butt in and butt off to create these boutique agencies that then became big and then were bought up by a network agency. And then the network agency has spent the better part of the last decade trying to figure out how to integrate everybody together. In China, that never really happened because Firstly, there was never the need, and secondly, because of the culture. In China, most advertising executives don't have the goal of coming out and starting a creative hotshot by themselves and going it alone because, again, of their leverage of their client relationships and of their face, which is their reputation. Rather, they would rather start up something within the confines of the group with the understanding and the loyalty of typically a founder that would invest in their department, division, and idea that then would ultimately live inside that company. So it's a very different kind of organizational mentality as well. And, and at Highlink, we've invested in a lot of our employees as they've created creative departments, research departments, brand consulting departments, you know, e-sports and e-gaming investment firms. 
we we invest in a lot of these people's ideas. I'm curious, do you because of that kind of difference in mentality, um, do you find yourself having to position the agency differently here? Absolutely. Because you know, when we come here and we're like, we're the digital agency, uh, largest digital agency in China, people immediately get confused. They go, well, what kind of digital you guys do? <laughs> yeah, you do key opinion leaders. You guys do you, like China YouTube really well. Do you guys do like media buy really well, programmatic? Like, well, we do all of that. And then obviously you get the standard response. Yeah, sure, sure. That's what everybody from China tells us that we do. Clients typically follow two routes. One of, they typically send someone from China who probably already knows about us or they go into market by themselves. Or the second thing is we typically take a crack at a small project that requires us to deliver on a performance-based uh, campaign. They look at the results and they can't deny you know, why we're a, you know, we're a 13, 15, 16, and 17 Greater China FE winner. Why we're a Campaign Asia Independent Agency of the Year. Why we're a top marketer for Tencent as much as we are for JD and Alibaba. They now sort of get it because they see the results their people, or when they go into market, they see the, the scale of operations that we have, which is probably second to none in advertising agencies around the country. Remember, there's 15 offices in China versus typically digital agencies are run by a couple of shops, a few hundred people. So that infrastructure really does impress, and the delivery really does speak itself in volumes into the point where the client goes, wow, undeniably, you guys know what you're doing. But yeah, we do get a lot of resistance at the beginning. Where it's like, yeah, you're the digital guy that does everything digital. You're like my guy who has three friends in China. We're like, ah, we were about 300 times bigger than three people. So that's sort of where we go from there. Great point. And we are out of time. So that's it for today on Fjordcast. Thanks for being on the show today, Humphrey. Thank you, Tim. Great to have you. Uh, you can find Humphrey's company, HiLink. Hi that's H-Y-L-I-N-K group.com. Uh, or find them at, on Twitter at, at HighLinkDigital. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on the show. Uh, you can download episodes of the program by going to cranberry.fm or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 